Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. So here we are, Mama Interview 24 with the internationally celebrated Prue Wales. Thank you so much for coming all the way from Singapore. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) So we might start with how, when and why you became involved in drama education. Look, complete accident, complete accident. Um, I had actually gone and done catering after school and became a bookkeeper for solicitors in London. And was, yeah, so I was doing very different things. But I went back to night school and started um, taking drama classes again because I'd always loved drama classes. I'd always loved drama and theatre. And where did that come from, that passion and joy of drama? I think... Oh, look, it's always been there. I mean, I remember, you know, playing around the garden at home and, you know, sort of roping my friends into my little dramas and singing, you know, sort of standing up and singing, you know, to anyone who'd listen. So I... I, And I think, for me, I'd had success at school in, in putting on productions, and so it was something that I felt good at. Um... So when I went and took extra classes, my teacher said, have you thought about becoming a drama teacher? And it was, are you crazy? Why? You know, I can't teach. I don't know anything. But I came back to Australia from the UK and um, I needed to find a job. And I went, applied to university to do drama and I ended up, ended up a drama teacher. So, look, it was, you know, one of those... Things where it was just so which university? Specs. Melbourne. Melbourne. Yep. And who were the lecturers there at the time? My goodness. Uh, well, Angela O'Brien or Hillel, as she was back then. Kate Donnellan, uh, Brian Hogan, uh, John Deverell, um, uh, Norman Price. Uh, yeah, so the old, um, yeah, the old set, I guess. And it was Melbourne College of Advanced Education. And it was Education. Melbourne College of Advanced Education back then, yes. yes. Awesome. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the changes that you've seen uh, in drama education over the uh, year? What year did you finish at Melbourne College of Advanced Education? Oh, I can't remember. Any. That's okay. Would have been... 80s, yeah? Early 80s? No, 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 no. Uh, yes, it would uh, Yeah, would have been. Would it, late 80s. Late 80s. Late 80s. Okay. So some of the changes that you would have um, seen? I think the changes have been things in the curriculum, in the um, development of drama as a subject, uh, you know, coming in through VCE, um, the attempts to develop national curriculum and guidelines in drama... Um, I think also attitude to drama from being kind of the airy-fairy subject to something that became respectable 
Because I don't think in those early days it was, mm. you know, you arty people. Um, but towards the end, although I still see it in Singapore a little bit, um, there is still that leftover attitude of you continually having to justify yourself as a, as a drama educator. But I think those changes have been profound. And the, the other thing that I've noticed particularly is the changes in drama education or TIE productions that have gone from the angst-ridden teenage crises or the didactic you know, you should not smoke, you should not take drugs, <laughs> to... Bully busters. Yeah, bully busters, absolutely. To, um, you know, some of those really gripping, cutting-edge issues that, you know, young people want to look at and, um, you know, that are quite in your face and making and challenging them to, to think about behaviours, but, but not in a forceful, bully-ish way, but, you know... Um, yeah, the bully busted. Gosh, that takes me back, doesn't it? Um, yeah, but, but you know some of the things that came out with Stefan Nansu and um, Zeal Theatre. Zeal Theatre, yeah, you yeah. know, I think, and then Arena Theatre and some of the productions that. And Woolly Jumpers. And Woolly Jumpers, absolutely. Noel Jordan and yeah, yeah some of those marvellous things. So, yeah, I think that's changed. Okay, let's talk about some of the highs and lows of your highs. career. Oh, I think. The lows for me have been things like the Kennet government and the cuts to education. Um, that was a real low for me. And also, I think the contract teaching, um, because I became, I, I um, was forced into that cycle at one time and I found it very, very difficult and I think it's almost impossible for teachers to work in that kind of environment where they're feeling so insecure that mm. they're more worried about their day-to-day -day, um, experiences and, and lives and whether they're actually going to get a, you know, a, a salary at the, you know, sort of over the holiday period and how they're going to cope rather than, um, you know, doing educate the job them. in hand yeah. and educate the young people. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, it's been those moments that have really been the lows. Um, highs, you know, really varied. Um, I think some of my really big highs have been kids who've, who've achieved something, kids who lack confidence and you know at the end of um this the, the term would come up and say hey miss i did it you know <laughs> i stood up there and i said a line um I, and I, that that for me was really rather lovely when you've got a you know little year seven student who couldn't stand up without bursting into tears um you know the flourishing and confident flourishing um and and there are so many of those stories and i think um you know other uh, similar incidents where you've had students you know that might have had disabilities you know include you know speech impediments or um you know physical disabilities who um flourish within that you know and and mental you know struggles that flourish within the drama classroom mm. so for me they've been my um, absolute highs but there are always the productions and things as well I think that um, which I, I'm always a little bit reticent to saying because of course you know as drama teachers we're so much about the process and um, the highs in the process yet 
I don't have, I mean, I have memories of of going off on camp with my students and rehearsing at particular times, but often those sort of highs are where I've seen them flourish in those productions, mm. um, which I find a little bit difficult to, to balance my, um, balance myself on my head thinking about the great process often uh, results in, results in absolutely of course it does of course yeah. it does but you know when you think of yourself as a process person <laughs> you think oh that's that's not right yeah, um, I'm focusing you know, on the wrong I'm end. focusing on the wrong end of you know good production yeah, yeah. but yeah so of all those highs um, what were the most memorable experiences okay. for you um, well one of them uh, was when I was doing my masters uh, I was working, I'd been working in central Queensland and I'd found it a very, very difficult environment to work in. Uh, it was very monocultural and I'd come from Melbourne and um, I was struggling with country kids. Um, and I realised when I was teaching them through European texts that it was completely the wrong context, they didn't get it. And so I had to find something and develop something that they could comprehend. So I used the tale of um, Henry Lawson's Drover's Wife and rewrote that into three different theatre styles. So I looked at Stanislavski and you know, sort of realism, um, epic theatre and Brecht, and then theatre of cruelty and Arto. And so I wrote three versions of those plays. By the time I finished them, I was back in Melbourne working at Princess Hill, Pretty Hill in Carlton and of course I'd moved from this sort of very monocultural um, community, rural landscape into this inner city, vibrant multicultural um, (laughs) classroom so it was a very very different thing but putting those plays on um, and we worked with theatre professionals um, and a really diverse group of um, students and put them on at St Martin's, and that was a, and and what ended up happening was the students or some of the students in that class actually wrote a fourth play, so it became a quartet, and they put on the second, third, and their fourth play that they had um, authored at St Martin's, and it was a really lovely experience. It, at that time, it was highly political. I remember my my principal, who was, um, you know, a, a diehard. Uh, Labour man saying, you know, sort of, because in the um, in the second play in the epic theatre, we really looked at the rise of the unions and the uh, sheep shearers union and the Labour Party, oh, cool. and he sort of said every Australian student needs to know this. So it also was an education for me because I'd been brought up in the UK. And I didn't learn any of this at school. So in studying this, I actually learned about my my own history as well as, um, you know, navigated with my students some of the cultural um, problems, not cultural problems, but looking at Australia as a monoculture from an intercultural perspective with these diverse students became, you know, a, a real highlight for me. Great. Um, you mentioned some of your senior lecturers at Melbourne College of Defence yes. Education as, as 
some of the, the great mentors. Yes. Um, were there any other mentors or collaborators along the way, along the journey? Definitely. Um, I mean, when I was up in Queensland, I was working with sort of Brad Hazeman and John O'Toole. I mean, not working, but, you know, they were, they were huge mentors. At, and at that time, they were sort of bringing out drama-wise and uh, really pushing to um, include teachers who were working in the sticks, um, I guess, in Queensland. Um, and so that that was really big for me. And I, I remember attending uh, workshops that Brad gave and Brad and John gave at various places and, um, you know, highly, highly influenced by, by them. I think also, you know, working with Jane Bird and Chris Sinclair and Kate Donnellan uh, on the... Alice Hoy project where we looked at women in um, uh, academia and at the University of Melbourne that mm. for me was a, a real highlight of, of my career of actually looking at you know the challenges women face in institutions mm-hmm. um, so yeah so that, I'd say and I'm working with Richard, of course, Richard Salas um, at VCAA and uh, Theatre Studies for all those years. That was a big one for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and favourite professional learning experiences? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, some of the... It sounds terrible. Some of my favourite learning experiences were the absolute disasters. So um, <laughs> one of them was going to IDEA in Kenya and it was um, very problematic in terms of organisation and people not knowing that you know the, the programs hadn't been printed and all kinds of things had happened. But it was an extraordinary thing of connecting with people from around the globe. And people had come from everywhere and attending workshops by PET and meeting you know, meeting people from Pattern, meeting people from South Africa, meeting people from... Um, I remember some man who had travelled by bus all the way from Somalia and had to go through war-torn countries to get to Kenya just to present a paper to wow. the people. I mean, it was extraordinary. And so for me, that was the most amazing piece of not only only professional development but personal development mm-hmm. of actually looking at and experiencing what other people were you know experiences in different countries and how they were working so that that for me was a huge one uh, I think um, when Bowal came over that was um, pretty pretty full on I, I enjoyed that um, and and I think for me it's been a lot of the intercultural um, uh, people that, that, you know, have not the not necessarily sort of the Westerners from the US or the UK or but people who come from South America or Asia or, you know, Black Tent Theatre coming over from Japan. I mean some of those really interesting groups who who you just don't get to experience or read about or you didn't back then and that were totally, totally novel. So again, you know, I think what happened at Idea in um, ninety five in was it ninety five? In in sure. Brisbane. In oh, Brisbane, yes, it yeah, was yeah, yeah, ninety five. Yes. Um, uh, you know that that was stunning. Some of the some of the things coming out of there, but I guess the other professional development has been through the kids. You know, I think um, 
we learn so much through our students. Mm. Um, for me in Singapore, I think the best professional development I've had is through working with, um, you know, a group of, of young people from diverse cultural backgrounds who, you know, have taught me so much about um, what, it, what it is to feel marginalised. I mean, I'm, I'm now in a situation where I'm the minority um, and the racial minority, and it's quite a privileged place to be in mm. because you begin to experience things from from other perspectives. And my students have taught me a lot about what that means. So, yeah, that's... And ultimately, been... that's what drama teaching is all about. Isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We're stepping into other people's shoes. Shoes, and, yeah. Yeah. And developing empathy. Well, yes, absolutely. And it would appear that part of what you've been talking about is, is really theatre as uh, social conscience. Oh, absolutely. As, as a vehicle for transforming and changing the world. Yeah. And, and look, I think when I first started, when you talk about changes, yeah. when I think about when I first started, you know, I wanted to go in and I think as many of us did back then, save the world. And nowadays, you know, you just want to make a little bit of a difference, you know, yeah. even if it's for half an hour, even if it's for a day. It's, but, you know, little bits of transformation where, you know, we, we can get students to experience some form of empathy, particularly in times like today and, you know, what we're dealing with currently um, in the political climate. I think we need drama more than ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so tips that you would pass on to the next generation yeah. of, of drama educators? Okay, tips. Um, I think, you know, listen to the students. I think... Uh, They've got things to say and they've... They're, they're, you know, I think the thing that I've, I've learned through teaching is that when you give students a voice, they've got the most extraordinary um, intelligences about life, about living, about what it means to be part of a community, about social justice... And, and how they express that through theatre and drama, I think, is fantastic. So, you know, listen to your students, um, engage with your students. Um, they're not, you know, it's not them and us. It's, it's collaborative. Uh, drama is a collaborative experience. And to work well, you, you need to treat your students as co-conspirators, co-collaborators. And I think when you do that... Um, it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful vibrant experience both personally and professionally. Uh, I think the other piece of advice is it's really tiring sometimes to keep advocating for drama, but it's so important. You know, I think we've we've you know we will always I think have to push forward and say I don't think it's ever going to you know it, it swings and roundabouts but I, I think we're always going to have to be advocating for the arts I think we're always going to have to be arguing the importance of the arts and yes at times it's it's tiring and exhausting but you've just got to keep at it we've come a long way we've come a long way <laughs> yes we have come a long way but yeah, yeah. I think I think. You know, because things move back and forth, you know, th there's always going to be that there and it's just keep pushing on. Absolutely. Mm. So, um, 
if you were able to bring some artifacts back from Singapore um, to share with us, because I, I know you had to travel light and not be able yes, to, d- yeah. to, to bring those programs and things with you. What but would I bring? What would you have brought? Oh. Your favourite drama teaching My, resource, yeah. your favourite program? I had a rubber duck. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a squeaky rubber duck that I, uh, particularly in productions, because I used to lose my voice so much, and um, uh, I I used to sort of just squeeze the rubber duck. So for me, that was you know the kids used to think I was crazy, but but it worked. So the rubber duck was one. I think the other, you know, picture books. You know, so many picture books that have been. Uh, that I've been, yeah, that I've used over the years. Uh, Sean Tan's um, books. The Arrival. Yeah, The Arrival, uh, The Lost Thing, um, you know, books of um, fairy tales and myths and, you know, they've always... Uh, Harris Burdick and the Mysteries of Harris Burdick, the, the Chris Van Allsburg texts, are, you know, were wonderful. Um, but I think also, you know, hats and pairs of shoes... <laughs> you know, just it's crazy, isn't it? But you go in with different hats and pairs of shoes, and um, yeah, I, I think I'd um, bring, bring in some of those <laughs> and some programs, I suppose, some you know old programs and photos of of work we've done. Um, I have a lovely photo of a, a wonderful Balinese student of mine in in the Drover's Wife trilogy, uh, acting as the Drover's wife. Um, with her husband in a, a Cobra hat, uh, acting out, giving birth right in front of the Minister for Education <laughs> in a firm of uh, solicitors' offices. Um, we were presenting there a short scene, and I think for me, that picture represents my entire, entire teaching career, which has been always a little bit seditious. <laughs> so I think... Bit yeah, left that, wing. Bit le- yeah, a bit left wing. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, I think that yeah. all the progress in life is achieved by some some way and an unreasonable person. So, you have yes. To, you have to be a bit seditious. I think so. Yeah. And, and just, you know, we've all got to resist the hegemonic narratives and Absolutely. just kind of, yeah, twist them forward a little bit. <laughs> so, yes, those have been... Uh, and, and finally, um, involvement in uh, associations such as oh, Drama Victoria, yeah. Drama Australia, beyond, um, you know, just your connections to that, uh, VCAA. Yeah, I mean, th- that's always been part of my life, I guess. So when, you know, I was, I was obviously a member of Quady when I was up in Queensland and Drama Vic down here. and Quady is... Uh, it was before. Drama Queensland, yeah. So yeah. Quaid was before Drama Queensland, and and it was Vardy back yes. then, um, Drama Victoria. So yeah, I was always a member of Vardy and and Quaid, uh, um, <laughs> and then you know I was editor for Mask for many years for for Drama Victoria and vice president with Mark, and then I became president for a while, and then I moved over to. Uh, editing NJ and becoming director of publications with Drama Australia, and now I I'm obviously a member of the Singapore Drama Educators Association, so I'm on their member of their conference committee. But I think it's just so important for everyone who's um, who's going to be working in the field. You, you know, I think the subject associations is so important, and it's 
it's vital to get involved, not only for your own professional development, but for, you know, everyone else and building, you know, keeping it alive. Absolutely. Yeah. We're a collaborative subject. We, we need to collaborate. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the other thing with, you know, so many drama educators are often alone in schools and there's that sense of isolation. And, you know, um, organisations like Drama Victoria and Drama Australia, you know, make you feel you're not alone, you know, and you've got other people who you can talk to and work with and uh, seek advice from. And there's always someone who's mm. done something that you're struggling with who, you know, can give you some advice on ways forward. Absolutely. Mm. Prue, thank you so much you for your time. Me. It's been a joy and a pleasure, and thank you for thank coming you. all the way from Singapore. And thank to you join for inviting me. It's been lovely. Thanks. <laughs> thank okay, bye-bye. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question, or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>